What if I told you those scattered Google notes, draft social posts, and notebooks filled with unshared stories could be a fast pass to a more fulfilling life waiting for you, but only if you publish them. Learning to just press publish changed my life for the better as a woman, mom, and writer. Now I wanna create the same transformation for you. I'm your host, Erin Galloway, multi-passionate author and ally for storytellers. I started Habitize Publishing to support storytellers, including kids, CEOs, senior citizens, and now you, to share your voices and spark more joy than you ever thought was possible. I hope after today's episode, you'll publish one piece you've been holding back on and see where the journey takes you. Well, hello, friends. We are here for another episode of the Press Publish podcast. And I am thrilled to have our guest here today. Admittedly, I love it when I meet people online. We don't really know each other. We just have a quick conversation about their author journey and my podcast. And then we just say like, hey, why not? Let's go ahead and record a conversation. And that is how today's episode has unfolded with our guest, Laura Daly, who is here to talk about her book and her author journey and her book launch, because I know so many of you have talked about your aspirations for what a book launch process could look like. You've seen it on the internet and you've watched other authors do it, but Laura's here to talk about some processes that she learned and some hiccups that happened along the way in her author journey. So Laura, welcome to today's episode. Oh, thank you for having me, Erin. Real privilege to be here. So you started off thinking about authoring a book at a very young age. And so can you help us understand what it is that inspired you to be an author in the first place? And what got you to the place now where you said, like, this is it. This is the book topic. And I'm going to put my first book out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 18 now. I turned 18 in July. And I started writing this book, or I had the idea for the book when I was 12 years old. I was at a little bit of background on me is I really grew up in, I guess you could call it the personal development world. So like when my parents were going to all these events, it was actually cheaper to buy me a ticket than to hire a babysitter. So my parents would just take me along to all these events. And so I went to my first event at age nine and then 10, 11, and then here I am still going to them. So to be honest, It wasn't, I don't know that it was a moment that I was like, this has to be a book, but I think every author or every um, aspiring author has something in their heart or something in the back of their head. They're like, I feel like this has to be in the world. And for me, so the name of my book is called What Makes Me ABC Affirmations to Empower. And it's affirmations for kids. So it goes like, A is for my awesomeness. I wear it day and night. B is for my bravery. I used to fight my fights. And the imagery and the language is incredibly intentional in the book. So for me, this was something of if I want to help and I want to do my part of uplifting the planet. And the whole purpose of this book is what if instead of rewiring adults' brains, we wired kids' brains in an empowering way to begin with. That That's the goal. And I was like, I feel like this has to be out here. And then I think I heard his name's Chandler Bolt. He's been an incredible role model to me. 
he started, he published, well, published the book Published, which is a really good book, by the way. And he is just an incredible, incredible resource who I heard speak. And he was talking about self-publishing and how it's actually super common now and it's actually pretty easy. And I was like, well, you know, I like the sound of that. And at first it was just, I want this in the world and I want to own my rights so that I can share it the way that I want it to be shared. And then the bonus of that was all the financial upsides that I didn't even realize until after the fact. And so there are some confidence boosting skills that you obviously gained, right? By going to self-help events, being a part of that language that led you to the topic of affirmations. And then also for yourself saying, okay, I can do this. I can put this out there. I can talk about it on social media and I can leverage my network. But how did you decide when it came time to the book was ready to go? How did you decide how the book launch process was going to play out? Were you going to put together, did you know how to put together a team and a website or what was that decision-making process for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, I started writing it when I was 12 and from age 12 to 18, I was you know, listening to all the podcasts, doing all the reading, just like having fun with it. And I was like, you know, and I just started a notes doc. And I was like, you know, when I launched my book, I think it'd be cool to have this on the website. And literally throughout months and throughout years, I would just like compile things. And as I would see other people launch products, I'd be like, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. Let me add that to my list. And then eventually when the time to launch came, I just took that, I played with some things. And I said, here it is. I think I just visualized it pretty clearly. And I said, I think that would be cool. And then I put it together. And I, the thing about self-publishing especially is especially in the era of 2023, there are an unlimited amount of resources online through people, through coaches, et cetera. And everything that I learned, I learned through speakers, podcasts, or YouTube videos. Um, and I was number one in new releases and like number two, so top 10 in bestsellers on Amazon and like hundreds and hundreds of sales the first week. And we were able to donate a portion of all sales during launch week to a youth home um, in Uganda. And like, you can't really do stuff like that when you're traditionally published. You're giving away so much of a cut that it's, you're not taking home anything. So yeah, I would say as far as what did the launch look like, it was really just listening to who had success, what did they do? and modeling that. We can really copy people's homework when it comes to this. So for me, in the back of the book, on the last page of What Makes Me, there is a website, and it's called thrivablekids.com. And that's my startup that I'm launching in a few months. And right now, I lead free workshops for kids ages 8 to 12 on a bunch of personal growth topics. And something that I noticed really successful people were doing is it doesn't end at the book. There's always something else after that. It doesn't end at the book. And you'll hear from a lot of people, well, books don't make money. And that's true to a degree. You're not going to be able to retire off of a book unless you're like J.K. Rowling. Like it, you, it's, um, it's a statistical novel. And, you know, I am all for people breaking, breaking those little statistics. So if that's you, go for it. And you want to have a product after that. So people, people read What Makes Me and they're like, oh, my gosh, Laura, I love this. This is amazing. How do I get, how do I get more information? How do I get more of this? How do, I get, like, how do I know more? And it would be really hard for me to say, well, that's it go buy another book. What you want to do is, yeah, you can have your bulk orders and you can have everything. What you want to do is start your lead funnel, lead it into something else. So for me, that's thrivable. For me, that's 
okay, go to thrivablekids.com and you and your kids will get access to an online library of video courses made for kids on personal growth topics. Or for someone else, it might be speaking engagements, or it might be their subscription platform, or it might be their coaching platform, or it might be their consulting business. There's a million and one ways to do that, but you don't want to lose momentum. Momentum is your biggest friend, and it's probably pretty one of the most critical things to my success with this book and other people's success. I love that you said that because, you know, one of the challenges in the self-publishing space is sort of the naysayers out there that will say, oh my gosh, everybody's self-publishing a book. There's too many books. And what I often say is, is there ever enough books, right? Kids are always going to be looking for something else to read. And parents and families are always wanting more content and lead generation to what else you're trying to teach. Sometimes books are the best lead generator that you can have. It used to be free downloads and free worksheets. And now I think your books, A, they take a portion of your intellectual property, right? And they say, I was not only, not only did I think of this, I packaged it, I put it together. And then to your point, I put it out into the world and then led people to another place that I can offer them value and content in a different way. And the book was just the modern day lead generation tool to get them to the other place that you offer even more custom or sophisticated services. Absolutely. And I love what you just said in the beginning there about, you know, people who say, well, there's so many books that are being self-published today. I can almost guarantee you no one who has self-published a book would ever say that in the same way that somebody who, in the same way that a bodybuilder would not make fun of someone for going to the gym when they're first starting out. So I forgot who said this quote, but you know, never, never take it criticism from people you wouldn't ask for advice from. Um, and I think that's really true. And at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to tear down a sandcastle than to build one. So if you have the guts to write a book, and you have the courage and you have the head and the heart to think about it, to see it through and to get it past that product line, more power to you. Because I can almost guarantee you everyone else saying, well, there's too many books out there or whatever. A, they don't have the experience that you have. And B, it's the book isn't for them. You're not like they're not your ideal client or role model or marketing group. It's so true. And so let's circle back just for a moment when you were talking about all the notes that you were taking, the YouTube videos, the podcast, right? You're listening to all this, you're gathering information, you're pulling together the best resources that you possibly can. And can you share with us a couple of lessons learned that even while you were doing all that research and fact-checking and putting together a system, maybe where all those notes didn't quite turn into maybe parts of the process that were as smooth as perhaps some people think it might be? Yeah, so I started writing this book when I was 12. When I was 14, I had all the, I had a good chunk of illustrations done. I had all the internal content and it was great. And then I was not the most tech savvy person in the world. And I linked it to an email and my organization dismantled that email and I didn't know. And so everything tied that email. I didn't back it up. I was 14 years old. Like I didn't back it up. 
So it was gone. It was absolutely gone. And I basically had to do it all over again. And I outsourced my illustration. So there's a big difference between, you know, a fiction or a nonfiction book and a picture book. Like a children's book and a picture book is going to be very different simply because I would argue that illustrations are 80 to 90%. And especially the cover, because people say, don't judge a book by its cover, because everyone judges a book by its cover. The book is what gets you, the cover is what gets you through the door. So I went through about three illustrators for this book on Fiverr. And what happened was my experience with outsourcing things on Upwork or Fiverr or 99designs or like whatever you want to do, the smaller your budget, the more specific and clear you have to be with instructions. And the bigger the budget, the more you can give them free reign and space. So I think the less you pay someone, the more creative you have to be. And they just create that for you. And I, I mean, I was like, 12, 13 years old, I was on, I was on quite the budget here. And the illustrations, they just, they are the thing that stands out to everyone. And, you know, Brene Brown's team, I never got a direct testimonial from them because it was right when Atlas of the Heart came out. But they said that their team looked at it and they said it has the best diversity that they've ever seen in a children's book. And that, and that meant a lot to me because the storyboard that I made for it was very clear. So anyway, essentially I was hiring through Fiverr for my illustrators and something happened or whatever, and she didn't respond to me for like two months. And then everything got like pushed back. And then tried again, and I used another illustrator. And then for whatever reason, some people just like stopped responding, or like their payment was frozen. And it was just, I think if I had like an illustrator who I could literally go to, I could have done everything that I did in maybe a month, instead of as long as it took me. And then again, a lot of that is on me. And my advice for people, if you're doing a children's book, if you're doing a picture book, you need to have someone, their contact information outside of Fiverr, especially if they're based in another country. Because for us, it was like, I was working um, during her night, she was working during um, my night, and it was just, it was really confusing that way. And then if they stop responding in Fiverr or Upwork, you're basically screwed um, for whatever reason. Um, so to this day, uh, like, I, it's kind of weird because like I'm not able to be in perfect contact with her and let her know how the book is doing. Um, but on Fiverr and sometimes Upwork, you don't have to pay them royalties. So I don't pay my illustrator royalties because she wanted just a flat fee at the front. But you can negotiate that. And across the board, I think for the most part, there's no royalties. And I appreciate you being honest about the process, right? And we won't have enough time to dive into all the lessons learned. But to be able to share, here are the key highlights that led to the success but there's also other parts to the story that helped you grow as an author, right? And that's often what we try to talk about here on the podcast is, yes, the book is a part of the author journey, what you learn about yourself, what you learn about what you wrote and how you talk about it, what you learned even write about your own author bio and how you put yourself out there is part of the whole picture when pursuing self-publishing because you are doing it yourself. You may have mentors or other authors who can give you tips, but at the end of the day, no one can talk about you but you and you have to refine that by putting yourself out there and putting yourself on podcasts and speaking events. Um, and so kudos to you for being able to share the good sides and then the lessons learned, some that were tougher than others. But at 18, right, you're just, you're going for it and you're going to see what happens. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and the thing is, if you feel like you're supposed to write a book, just do it because what's the worst that happens? Like, really? And I remember when I was 14 and all my stuff got deleted, somebody asked me the other day, why didn't you give up? Which I think is such a sweet question. And it's like, I think when you know that you have to do something, it doesn't even cross your mind. And also when I think about being on my deathbed or telling my kids or my grandkids, you know, I had this really awesome idea for a book and, and I wrote this whole thing and it was amazing and I shared it with people and it was awesome. And then one day it got deleted. So I quit and that was it. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? It's live the life and do the things and tell the story and tell the narrative that gives you the best story when you're older, that gives you the best scars and the best the best things that you can look back on and, and uh, back on and the best fairy tales that you can tell your kids. So if you were talking to other authors your age, right? So I'm going to assume like high school, college. So let's stick within that, that generation of young authors who are aspiring to write their first book. They have something that they've been on notes or maybe on their phone right? They're not sure where to start or how to overcome their fears. What is it that you would offer them if they, if you had a room full of high schoolers and college students who aspired to be authors standing in front of you? Mm. Beautiful question. I would first ask why, because there's a lot of people who, and I'm not saying this is wrong. I think you have to be clear on your intentions. There's a lot of people who want to write books because they think they're supposed to. I know a lot in the business space, it's like, well, if I want to be a speaker, I have to have a book, which may be true. And that's a totally fine reason to write a book. But if you're not clear on why you're doing it, you're going to get really caught up in the noise. So I would say, you know, ground your feet, get clear on your why and your path. And I love the quote of, you know, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So truthfully, if you want to streamline the process, get clear on your why, get clear on what you want the outcome to be. And really, really, what is the ideal outcome? And who's your avatar? Like, who's the person buying this book? So for me in this book, a lot of the language patterns. So I'm a, I don't know if you're familiar with NLP, but it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I'm a trainer of it. And basically, it's communication via the mind and body language and linguistics. So all of the language patterns in the book are incredibly, incredibly specific. So I would say, you know, take your unique something, that thing that everyone looks at you and you're like, you know, you're a little weird for that, but you're actually really good at it. And find your niche, find, find the thing that makes you different and the thing that people want to support. So this book is tied very deeply to the mission of there's an Abraham Lincoln quote, and it's teach the children. So it will not be necessary to teach the adults. And that is the absolute foundation of this book, because what if you had the imagery of abundance and the vocabulary of success when you were three, four, five, six, seven, eight, versus just being introduced to it later in life? So getting clear on your goal, your mission, your why, your ideal outcome. And then I think a lot of it, most things comes down to how bad do you want it? Tony Robbins says, it's never a level of resources that's the defining factor. It's your level of resourcefulness. So if you really want it, and you know, Walt Disney, and I, I love quotes, as you can probably tell, Walt Disney says, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. When there's a will, there's a way. So I think you're just going to have to ask yourself over and over again, how badly do you want it? And what are you willing to give up to make it happen? That might be money. That might be time. That might be resources. Or that might just be taking on all this uncertainty 
and vagueness and ambiguity and sometimes frustration and sadness and long nights and late nights and just being okay with that. Well, with that said, I think we should share with anyone that's listening what made you so clear on your why and share your book with them because it was certainly something that you were passionate about, you're excited about sharing, and obviously given the outcome and reception that you've had in the launch of the book, it is something that other people wanted as well. So if you are willing to share your book with us today, we would love to give you the space to provide an, a nice audio recording to our listeners and others. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Thank you, Erin. So what makes me ABC Affirmations to Empower? And the dedication is to every child who will never settle for anything less than they are capable. A is for my awesomeness. I wear it day and night. B is for my bravery. I used to fight my fights. C is for creative. I create beautiful things from everything I see. D is for my dreams. I can be anything I want to be. E is for my effort. I will always do my best. F is for my failures. They are part of my success. G is for genius. I am smart as can be. H is for honest. I will always speak truthfully. I is for integrity. I do the right thing when no one sees. J is for joyful. I'm kind to others to create vibrant energy. K is for kindness. I share everything I know. L is for leader. Serving others helps me grow. M is for motivated. I empower myself to choose my state of being. N is for nifty. I create an environment that best serves my meaning. O is for optimistic. I will always look on the bright side. P is for persistent. I problem solve to be someone else's guide. Q is for questions. I ask them every day. R is for read. I read to take me places far away. S is for my smile. My actions put me in a peak state. T is for trust. I trust my parents' plans when they tell me to wait. U is for unique. I am one of a kind. V is for value. I add my knowledge to every situation I find. W is for weird. Being a role model means I will stand out. X is for X factor. Doing the hard things is what I'm all about. Y is for yearning. I'm searching for an adventure that is new. Z is for zealous. I put passion into everything I do. Now that you've done your affirmations today, you know you are ready to win the day. We'll see you tomorrow to do them again, making your mind stronger again and again. I just yeah. love it. I just love it. It's so good. 
Thank you. And being able to hear the words and then being able to see the pictures. And for those that do that, do get to see a diverse set of situations and places and people and environments to show that, right, we all could use those affirmations at every age. And especially age, those, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, especially absolutely. those who are younger. So if people want to find you, obviously, please share how they can find you on Amazon and then all the other platforms that you're on. So that way they can cheer you on both with this book and anything else that you're offering. Absolutely. So the name of the book is What Makes Me, ABC Affirmations to Empower. And that's available on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and you type in What Makes Me or Laura Daly or any combination of those, it will pop up for you. And then if you go to thrivablekids.com, that's Thrive, A-B-L-E. So thrivablekids.com, you can go ahead and enter your email. And I lead free workshops for kids. So we've done them on topics like mental toughness, comfort zones, the six human needs, you know, like Maslow's needs, like a million and one things. And it's basically a free community. It's a totally free community for kids around ages nine to 15, although I've had as young as eight and as old as 16, but around that age. And we have one free workshop a a month on one of those topics. And yeah, and just a a community created out of that. And then when Thrivable goes live, all of you guys will have access to it if you're part of that. And then I'm also very active on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and, and LinkedIn. So if you want other freebies and stuff, you can follow me at Laura Daly. And I was just telling Aaron, my name is spelled a little different. So it's L-O-R-R-A-D-A-I-L-E-Y. So kind of like the normal spelling of both of them, but slightly weirder. And that's part of embracing who you are, right? There's a little something predictable and a little spice in there as well. So (laughs) absolutely true. Well, this was such a privilege, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. And trust me, we will be cheering you on both in the continued success of this book and to see where your author journey goes. And if it takes you to unexpected places, I hope you'll consider coming back and sharing with us, you know, where that journey you expected it to go and maybe where it took you that you didn't even know was possible. Mm, Absolutely. Well, this was a pleasure and I hope this book serves you. It serves your communities. Um, and everyone in your life. So thank you so much, Erin. Okay, friend, are you ready to share one piece of content you've been holding back on? Trust your instincts and press publish. If this episode sparked curiosity in your publishing journey, head over to thehabitizedlife.com for more resources. Or check out the after show with our guests on Instagram at habitizedlife. All the links mentioned today are in our show notes. And hey, I'm off to reheat my cup of coffee for the second time today, but I'll meet you back here next week with a fresh cup and a new episode.